Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another podcast from the uh, the Gunnerstown lads. Uh, with me this evening in alphabetical order, uh, it's Mike. How you doing, Mike? Yeah, very well. Super excited about the weekend. We're just talking off air with Was about it. Doesn't seem it's like even real, you know. Well, I mean, you've spoiled the surprise on who's joining us, but <laughs> obviously, obviously everyone can see his manly good looks staring back at us. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> no, I am joking, Was. How you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm I'm very, very good and exactly the same as Mike. I mean, it's a bit weird. The whole world's going mad apart from the Premier League pack on Saturday. So we've got something to get our teeth into, haven't we? Yeah, no, it, I'm, the, I'm the same. I mean, obviously, normally at this time of year, everybody's finalising plans on uh, what booze are meeting before the game? Who's got tickets? Who's not got tickets? And you know, I'm presuming for Mike as well over there, you'll be linking up with pals in pubs and you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's probably the same worldwide that everybody's yeah. hands have really been put on hold. But at least we've got some. It's not the same, but we've got football back, and we want to get some normality back in life. And this is probably the best way of getting some sort of normality so we can laugh, scream and cry together again. <laughs> uh, what we're going to do this evening is, uh, to start it off, we're going to go through the lads uh, who take part and who will be taking part in the podcast over the next uh, season. Uh, their sort of predictions on what where we're going to finish up, really. Uh, yes, yeah, so, I mean, we'll start with AFC Charlie. We sent the message earlier. League. He thinks we're going to finish fourth after a tight running. Well, it's always a tight running with us, isn't it? Uh, FA Cup, of course, we're going to win it. The trophy is actually ours. Okay, but it's yeah, not wrong. Okay, it's that fun, is it? Uh, and Europa, he reckons we're going to beat Tottenham in the semis and then go on to win it. And in the Carabao Cup, uh, go out to Man City in the quarterfinals. So it's a fairly comprehensive prediction. Mate. I tell you what, if he has a quid on that, he's he's, yeah. he's going to be a very rich man come the end of the season if that all happens. Well, I mean, I, I mean, not most of these. I mean, we're all positive lads, but I mean, I'll take that. I'm sure you both would as well. Do you know what I mean? Right, uh, Paul, who was going to join us this evening, but uh, has been delayed at the 19th hole on the golf course, apparently. Uh, he's going for in the league. He reckons we'll be third at least. He reckons we're going to win the League Cup semi-finalist of the FA Cup and win the Europa League. Uh, and again, that's one for a, a bit of an accumulator on that one, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? You do well there. Uh, right, so we'll head over to Woz. Right, Woz, League, League Cup, FA Cup and Europa League. What do you reckon? So all the cups, I'm going to not put myself on the line and I'm going to say the way that Arteta, the, the, the breath of fresh air he's brought to the club, I don't fear anyone in a, in a cup tie. And and also to be fair, I do fancy us over two legs in, in Europe as well. Um, I I just on our day he's proven it in the last few months alone that Arsenal can go toe to toe with any team in the Premier League, and yeah. I'll definitely extend that to Europe. So for me, cup competitions, part of it's luck of the draw. I mean, in the League Cup, we've already got an, an initial tough game, but I go there with hope. Whereas previously, I would have almost written that game off immediately an away draw to Leicester. So. Yeah, I, mean, I don't really fear anyone over 90 minutes. Um, and I actually feel that Arteta's intelligence and his, um, his game management and everything he's bringing to the club will, will aid us in, 
in sort of any tyre. So I'm fairly confident in the cup competitions and, and all, as always in cups, so a lot of it does come down to that 90 minutes. So mm. anything can happen, and, we, and we know and that. And indeed, how seriously we, we take the cups as well. I mean, the League exactly. Cup, obviously, I mean, he, he might put an under-23 team out against Leicester, but then again, Leicester might put an under-23 team out as well. So, exactly. you, 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 and again, it's tricky because depending on where we are towards the close of the season, there may be a time where he's going to, depending on our league position, might rest players for the league game, but then play them in Europa and vice versa. So, it, it, it's very hard to predict. But come on, give us some, give us some stats, give us some hard ones. Some hard ones. Give us some right. hard ones. Oh, we're going to win the Europa League. Yeah. Um, luck of the draw in the FA Cup. I do think we will reach. I, I'm really hoping we get another trip to Wembley because we missed out. We've missed out on three, haven't we, in the last last season, which is gutting. And no matter how many times you go, it never gets boring. It never will. And it's it's always the holy grail of football for me. So hopefully we get to the semis. Um, I think, like you said there, the Carabao Cup. It's a, it's a difficult one. I, I don't expect us to progress that far, but we, we've got a much larger squad and a, and a squad full of, he's growing a squad full of adults. So it gives me more confidence going into the games with the, with the backup sides rather than having sort of 17, 18 year old kids that are completely inexperienced. We've now got kids that are experienced and we've got, uh, we're building a solid, with signings like Willian and things like that. We've, we've got a solid squad here and, and even with our defenders, even though they're young, they, they play football. So, yeah, I think Carabao Cup we we could go far, but I don't think that'll be the that'll be the lowest priority. But every trophy is a trophy. Um, onto the league, uh, as it stands at the moment, I'm a bit concerned. I will change drastically if the if we get through the window and we have brought in for me these 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 two central midfielders that are vital. I'm a bit concerned that last season there was only four teams in the league that created less chances than us. Um, that's a big issue, and and realistically we haven't address that as of yet. Um, goals goals for midfield are, are frighteningly low. You, between yeah. all of our current midfielders, you, you're, you're looking under 50 goals combined for Arsenal Football Club. And that's what everyone together with all their combined appearances. I mean, Xhaka in his whole career has got 12 at the club. Um, Sabayas scored two. Quendouzi's um, only ever scored one. Uh, you can go through them all, to be fair. I think Joe Willock is, is probably up there. He's got eight. And then, so all all over that that part of the pitch, we need extra goals and we need extra creativity. Um, so that for me is key. That's really really key. And and if we're looking at getting, um, and please, I've tried to learn this in French. The uh, Hossam Ua, I, I believe that's how you say it. It's, I don't know, but he. I mean, this guy is fantastic. He, he genuinely is a creative machine. He's a monster. He's getting better and better by the year. And. And, and it'd be nice to see if uh, someone like Danny who's back for the season, I just want to see him add that that freedom to go into the final third, show that confidence, like his goal against Sheffield United, add that that end product to his game. Um, whether he can do it or not, it'd be nice because he, he, he did show some real... He was solid in the, in the games when we're on the back foot class, but when we're like Villa away and things like that, when we're looking for someone to take the game by the scruff of the neck, I just feel we lack creativity and, and that goal-scoring threat. And my other big issue is... I shouldn't even be saying this and I'll touch every bit of wood near me, but if Aubameyang does get injured, the goals is such a big thing. I think Nico Pepe is going to step up massively this season, but to, to lose Aubameyang, I mean, Lacazette, he scored, well, I think he scored eight away goals in his entire Premier League career for Arsenal. 
12 goals last season, 10 in the league, 12 in all comps. You, is Eddie going to step up and, and, and take the take the plunge at the moment? And then if not, you're looking at Saka, Nelson and uh, William. So it's that for me, this, the season really hinges on getting these two guys in, um, the, the dominant, aggressive midfielder to give us options and then the creativity and maybe get Meza back in the mix. Um, if we get the creativity, I'm very confident that we can surprise a lot of people because the big games for me, I'm actually switched and I feel a little more comfortable, but it's the, it's the lesser teams yeah. that at the moment I'm concerned we're, we're, about. We're with, we're with, yeah, I mean, we, we touched that on last week's pod with the fact that it's it's the games where the you know the teams are doing to us what we've been doing to Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea. Exactly. exactly. Uh, it, it's how we break them down. It's how we deal with them going on the break. But with the squad as it stands at the moment, was mm. what you're you predicting for a finish in the league? The squad as it stands at the moment, I think we're going to be in a battle for the top six, which sounds horrifically negative. I'm just concerned that we are in a Bamiyang injury away, and with the Meza Özil situation. I don't know if he's going to play or not, and I just, I just feel that, um, yeah, there's a big burden of creativity there that is missing, and I, I do it's think goal. it's, I do think it's literally one link player, or maybe someone like Sabas could step up. I, I would feel a hell of a lot more confident, and it, it jumps for me from them, them slight additions, from being talking sort of a bit negatively to, to really believing we can push top three. So, um, yeah, yeah, for me, it's, it's, it's sort of on a. I know it sounds you either stupidly negative or stupidly positive, but I do think the creativity issue is 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 huge. Right, no, fair enough. I mean that that's how Chris sees it as well. Uh Chris's message earlier, the squad how it is today, uh he's gone for fourth in the Premier League. Uh he generally thinks Arteta can get a tune out of so many of these players and he don't think that United will be as good or Spurs Wolves either. Uh but Chelsea, City, Liverpool are better than us on paper. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, can agree to that to a point. My my thing with Chelsea really would be when they brought in so many big names, so many signings at the same time, it's how quickly they gel. He's also gone for FA Cup semi-finalists, uh, Europa League final in the lap of the gods uh, on if we win based on what Champions League teams drop down, which is fair enough. Uh, Giles, which hopefully he'll be joining us uh, and joining others next season a little bit more, which would be nice to hear from the fella. He's a very, very clever chap. He's very clever. He's for a top four possible third. Uh, In his opinion, Man United, Chelsea can be overtaken and he's gone for semis in the Europa League and we won't retain the FA Cup. Uh, And we'll do one more before we head on to to Mike. We'll go to uh, Ben. Uh, league is saying if we sign Uruah, 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 that'd be a great song to get almost like the one song song. Anyway, sounds, sounds like uh, me trying to sing any song. But <laughs> <laughs> right. he reckons if we get in, we'll get fourth. Uh, depends on Chelsea clicking FA Cup quarter final odds on Europa because fourth may be tight. He thinks we'll win the Europa and the Carabao Cup. He reckons we're going to be out early. Uh, so we're going to you, Mike. Uh, what's your predictions for the for how we're going to get on? I think that Arsenal will be the surprise of the season in the Premier League. Um, and I think that only Arsenal fans seem to fully understand what level of coach that we have. 
Uh, I think, you know, the big games, even though we've beaten the big teams, I think that's made people sit up and notice. But I think Arsenal will surprise everybody. Uh, I'm basing this on what our team will be post-October um, transfer window. And I think we'll get um, Thomas Party and Awar. Did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> I like maybe I'm going to sing your song. Um, I think we'll get these guys. Uh, I also have a sneaky feeling. I put it in the blog this morning. Um, being ridiculed for it, but that's okay. But I've got a sneaky feeling Arsenal might have a look at Antoine Griezmann on loan because if Lacazette goes out to raise money to buy the midfielders, which I think might happen, uh, I think Griezmann. Uh, Barcelona are doing a fire sale uh, and they're getting rid of players for almost nothing, trying to get their wages off the books. His wages are huge, but I think we could take a loan like we have with Danny Savice, and I think he'd be the perfect uh, link player. I think we're forcing Lacazette and Nicotia to do something that's not their natural game, um, and I think he would be perfect. But anyway, I uh, digress. Um, I think Arsenal will finish second, and I think that based on the transfers that I think that we will make and the fact that we'll heal the issues that was, I don't want to go over them, but was talked about the issues which are most prevalent. He's dead on. We cannot keep, even dream of that unless we get more goals in the team. And I, I'm basing this on the fact that I think we will have more goals in the team and therefore the threat gets um, the threat gets spread around the team. So therefore they won't be able to focus on a Bamiyang quite as much because I think second season Pepe, second season Ceballos, these guys will distract because uh, there'll be more goal threat coming from different places. So I'm very hopeful if we get the signings. If we don't, I still think we'll do better. But as Was says, the lack of goals, uh, the injury, um, potential injury to a Bamiyang, um, which would knock us, would see us tumbling. I still think we'd do better. Uh, maybe higher than his six, but but better. Um, I also think that the second place finish, I'm justifying that in my crazy head by the fact that he's won the FA Cup. And I don't know if anyone's talking about this, but you know when you win something, you see a coach win something early, they don't have the pressure to win a cup again. You know, for example... Mourinho is probably getting some pressure to win anything at Tottenham. All those Tottenham managers get the pressure. Well, Arteta has no pressure on him anymore. He's won two trophies in six months, so he can focus more on getting in the Champions League, maybe competing for the league, so um, he doesn't have to be as concerned about cups. I think we'll tumble out of the FA Cup in the quarterfinals. I think, having said all of that, I think we'll win the Carabao Cup and uh, and win the Europa League. So I've sort of contradicted myself there, haven't I? But um, <laughs> is that good? No, no, it, it, like I say, it, it's very hard. And like I say, it's very hard to actually sort of not agree with literally everything that you two have both said and indeed what the other lads have, have sort of sent me earlier to read out. Uh, I actually had this conversation with a few of my mates this morning with regards to centre-forward goals. Uh, and like I say, with the fact that as we're going in it, uh, hopefully with Martinez being fit, Lacazette, if we hold on to him, and Eddie, uh, all three of them, I don't think we've got a, a 20-25 goal a season striker out of them. Uh, but I think that if they're all used right and in the right games and the right time substitutions, I think we might get the 25 to 30 goals combined. Obviously, I'm talking not just league, I'm talking like combined games. So that that's my worry as well as the worry, obviously, of the fact that 
we're not getting enough goals from the midfield. Uh, but like I say, we'll see. Anyway, we'll go on to uh, the last prediction was from uh, Mr. Dave Seeger, who's going for fourth in the league, FA Cup later stages, but won't retain it, and Europa League winners, uh, which, again, like I say, I would take anything. For myself, I think we're looking at, as we stand at the moment, we're looking at between third and fourth. We get the transfers we need. I think we've got enough to sneak third. I, I don't think we're going to do too well in the domestic cups. And I think, again, we might be bridesmaids when it comes to Europe. We, we've just got that thing about us with Europe. Uh, we've been unlucky since, well, apart from two occasions throughout our history. So, yeah, so that's my prediction. Now... We're going to move on uh, to the opening game of the season against Fulham. Uh, Fulham away generally is just a big piss up in London. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure many, many people listening to this have been on boat parties and then gone to the ground or boat parties and ended up watching it on the Thames in a pub, etc., etc. Fulham away is one of the good ones, depending on what whether the tide's in your favour. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be an odd one. It's going to be strange. Uh, and we're all going to be probably sitting there in either in a pub or at home watching it with our, with our partners or up to five mates, depending on how many children you have. Uh, what sort of lineup are you expecting him to go for, Mike? I know it's hard to double double sort of uh, guess Arteta, but what sort of lineup are you expecting to see on uh, on Saturday? Okay, I'll go with what I expect to see. Um, I expect to see Leno's starting goal. That would disappoint me because I would feel awful for Martinez because he's done everything to keep that spot. But I expect Leno to starting goal. I expect the back three um, just to secure and start the season that way because we don't have all the signings in to be more progressive yet. So I'm looking at um, Saliba starting with uh, holding Centrally, now David Luiz is allegedly injured. And Tierney as the third centre-back, like he's been doing admirably. Maitland-Niles then would be on the left as the left wing-back. And that, and then the right wing-back, if the Bellerin potential transfer is advanced, then maybe it's Suarez for right now. But if not, then I'd imagine Bellerin will be there. The two midfielders would be Jack and Savaya, so I don't think anybody would argue with that. We don't have many options anyway, even though El Elneny did well in the Community Shield. Uh, and then the three up front is difficult. It's difficult because Nicotia, Lacazette, I, I'd go with Nicotia because I've got a feeling that Lacazette may be off uh, and he favoured him anyway. Uh, Pepe, probably to start this one with the Bamiang on the left. So William, um, I think will start on the bench, but I think we'll see William start most games this season. But to start with, I think he's going to be on the bench. Um, so I think that 3-4... Three is is what we're looking at uh, from Arteta, yeah. Okay, was yes, uh, mate. Going, going on going on Mike Mike's lineup, uh, and like I say, it, it it's highly likely that uh, uh, Kieran's going to start as sort of like the left side in centre back. Uh, since we're playing Fulham and not one of the bigger teams, would you be more inclined to go for sort of Saka as sort of in the, the left wing back role? Do you think, or or, or sort of play it how Mike said? I personally would, yeah. Um, I like, I do like the the left footer on the left side there, especially when we when we should be in control of games. 
think the whole Maitland-Niles scenario at left wing back was to deal with the specific player he was playing against. Um, it, it was a big part of cutting off them passing lanes. And I just think when we're going forward, I, I've just I've got a feeling that Arteta might surprise a few. These friendlies have all been behind closed doors. You've not been able to to watch him. He's been working on something clearly. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm hoping that he's been working on something, and we're going to come out um, again. Let's be realistic. It's, it's not being um, negative or dismissive to Fulham because they're going to be all guns blazing. First game back in the league this season. But we're the Arsenal and we should be rocking up and we should be putting in a performance and we should be winning that game. And, and when, when you look last season, the games where we controlled possession and we lost, it happened too many times because we weren't creative enough. So I'm just wondering if the whole behind closed doors, no access... No visuals, no, 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 nothing barring photos, really, of these friendlies is, is and especially the opposition he chose in them games, um, it might well have been gearing towards bringing out a little surprise out there. And, and maybe with Mesut back in the fold, there's an there's a opportunity he might go back to 4 2 3 1 for this game. I don't know. But uh, sorry to digress, but your original question, I do agree with. Yeah, probably I would. Um, I mean, Kolasinac is still an Arsenal player. I know he's not in everyone's favour, but there's Kolasinac and Saka. I'm not sure um, why Saka left international duty early. Um, I assume he's OK, um, but he, he left the under-21s. He didn't play in the second game, so hopefully he is OK. I'm pretty sure he trained today. So, But yeah, I, I just, I'd like to see an Arsenal side turn up, control the ball, take control of the game, create chances and win 9-0. Just make me happy again. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, but I think he's onto something there. I, I was being forgetful of those hidden friendlies. I think he might be onto something. The only thing I would uh, question is, would that sneaky new formation look, whatever um, he was is talking about, would that be more for the Liverpool and City games coming up than the Fulham one? But I could go with what was says. I could go that we do something like a 4 2 3 one and maybe put William as the attacking midfielder and go attacking with Saka on the left and Maitland-Niles on the right. I'd love that, personally. The team I gave was what I think Arteta will do. Yeah. But I'm listening to Wilds and I'm thinking, he's probably onto something. Yeah, I mean, see, my thing is, if we went like more of a 4-2-3-1 like a, a or whatever you're saying there, or 4 2 one, three or whatever it is, is, I mean, that work, I can't, I couldn't really particularly see the two sitting in front of the back four uh, being Xhaka and Ceballos. Uh, I don't think Ceballos... I'd, I'd like to see him sort of more higher up on the pitch. I don't really see him as the sort of player that's going to cover in, cover the left or right back when they go bombing forwards. And I know quite often I, I hark back to Fingers' glory days when he, we had Keown and Adams and Petit and Vieira sitting in front of them. And they had that, you know, the solid four block and Petit and Vieira would quite often cover the left and right backs, etc. Uh, but I can't really see Ceballos filling that gap. Now, if we're going, if we do go for the front three, uh, obviously we're all saying that Bamiyang is going to start on the left, yeah? Yeah, right now, uh, yeah. We're all saying that it's very, very likely that Pepe gets, as uh, one of you said earlier, uh, the, the second year bounce. So, I mean, we're hoping for bigger figures for him next year, and I believe we will do uh, down the left. Uh, and you're saying Eddie down the middle? I think so. He's got some good numbers for the England under-21s, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think with Eddie, I think what Eddie does give you is that explosive press. And he, that's something that Laka 
Laka's obviously a lot more comfortable dropping deep than Eddie, but Eddie does. He's on that shoulder constantly. He sniffs goals. Um, whether he's got the quality to perform for Arsenal week in, week out at this stage of his career, for me, I don't know. Um, when I watch someone like Martinelli, I think, wow, this, this kid's ready. He's explosive. He's ready. But when I watch Eddie, I think there's potential there. There's great potential there. He does a lot of good things. Um, but then just say, like in the Community Shield, that chance is rolled back to him. He just snatches at it. And it's, it's that kind of, that gets ironed out on loans for me. Um, and I just think that it, it's, it's a possibility that if Arsenal do do business, it, we might see him leave on loan. But you never know. He could just flicker the switch because it does happen with centre-forwards. And, and once they get going, they get going. So he, he offers you something different. And I do think, um, depending on... Uh, we, Fulham aren't going to be very ball-dominant in reality. So he might go with Lacazette because he wants the security of, of, of the almost the creative role where he's dropping in. But I think I would prefer Eddie. But I, I don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> it's, it's nice. It's nice not to know. Gav, there could be another little sneaky thing happen. I've seen this with Arsenal before when we've needed to raise money before the windows closed. Is certain players rock up when you don't think that they should necessarily be on the field just to hopefully raise their profile, raise their transfer value or hold their transfer value so they're not sitting on the bench or not even in the squad. And we're trying to say, hey, we want 40 million for Lacazette. When they say, well, he's not even in your squad or he's not even getting game time, I'll give you 20. So that kind of stuff goes on. I think that's very real, but um, just a thought there. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's tricky. And like I say, you never know. I mean, obviously what you'd like to see at the beginning of every football season is the first choice 11, the, the yeah. 11 that the boss actually fancies to go through the whole of the season and obviously rotate in and out where we can. But for me, I, I want to see I want to see what Arteta has been working on, been thinking on, and you know, barring any ins, you know, barring any ins, I want to see the players that he wants to keep starting. Yeah. Gav, sorry so, to just interrupt, mate. I do think and what was another killer. I know they got rid of it last season, but this whole transfer window. I know it's happening this year because of the scenario, but this window in future has to be shut before the ball's kicked because it's yeah. just it's just not right. Clubs are in clubs are in absolute turmoil. Some clubs will have a turnover of. Probably three or four players will will come and go, in and we're talking in four weeks within four weeks. And in this year, you've got all the coronavirus stuff going on, players integrating into squads. It's just absolute mayhem. We could be sat here fielding a team at Fulham on Saturday, and three or four of them players could possibly leave the club. And it's not an exaggeration; it could happen before yeah, yeah before the start of October. So, and that's that might not be down to their lack of ability, or it could just be the way the market works. Players come up, opportunities awake. Mesut Ozil wasn't signed till right at the end of the window. No one had a sniff of it. And then out of nowhere, it just happened. So the, the, these deals happen very, very quickly. And Arteta will have these guys and he will have people lined up. And if something does become available, we might end up sacrificing someone we don't want to or we don't expect to. But it just happens in football. So it's just yeah, really it's... frustrating, isn't it? That it's not shut now, like before we kick yeah. a ball. But I understand why. But it's, it's, it's a weird one this year as well because we haven't exactly got there's not a lot of clubs that have actually got a lot of money. Uh, they, they, there's that to start with, and the other thing, the other thing is, it's it's not generally it's generally a case of this year, especially I, I feel with us is look, we're literally going to need to sell to buy. We're definitely going to have to sell at least two of the overseas players because uh, we've got we've got too many for the squad. We can only register 17, and we've got 19, so two are going to go as well. Uh, 
that's with my my thoughts on Bellerin. Really, it's the fact that it's not only the fact that we're getting rid of you know our first, second choice, whatever right back, no matter what way you want to look at him. But it's also the fact we're getting rid of a homegrown player. So really, it's sort of like the homegrown players that you really want to sort of try and keep and build the squad around. Really, this year. It's the same yeah. with Emmy Martinez, mate. It's the same it's with Emmy Martinez. It's a yeah. big, yeah. it's a big, big talking point there because you're right about the homegrown scenario and. It's not one to be taken lightly, especially in in in, in that position as well. I mean, yes, it's, it's, it is an issue the squad registration, like you said. So, but I've, I've got a feeling a lot is going to happen. I mean, obviously, I know absolutely nothing about what goes on at Arsenal. It's going to it's going it's gonna, it's gonna to be late. It's going to be late. And the other thing, Mike, uh, so I'll pass this one over to you. I've got the feeling that it's it's almost going to be a, a sacrificial lamb uh, to get the to get the midfielders in. Uh, like I say, I mean, apart from the obvious ones that have recently signed and we're trying to sign up, I mean, there's got to be quite a list of sacrificial lambs that the club are willing to sort of not want to go, but have to let go to afford the midfielders, you know, the who are yeah. parties of this world. Uh, I mean, like I say, there's probably a, a big list you've got there, isn't there? Yeah, I've got a list of at least 10 players I think that Arsenal could comfortably sign um, so um, the sacrificial lambs, I'm hoping it's not Martinez, but I, I can't see how both of those goalkeepers stay beyond January anyway because they're both too good. That would make me upset, but I'd understand it. The Bellerin thing, I'm okay with, apart from the fact that I love him as a leader and as a person. I think he's he's got um, his ceiling's not as high as somebody like Maitland-Niles, so I would be okay with that sacrifice. And Lacazette, I would sacrifice of there and Gwenduzi. So you've got a potentially close to a hundred million in those four or five players I've, I've named. Um yeah, right around a hundred million that you could make. And that's not even talking about holding and Socrates and Colosinac and all these other guys um that uh, that could be gone. There's actually something that's breaking on Twitter recently. I'm not sure if you boys jumped on just before the podcast, but interesting that Gwenduzi is now in, apparently in talks with PSG again. They're back interested in him and uh, they're offering us um, Draxler, which is going to make him giggle because we've been uh, linked with him over and over. Uh, and I will tell you, I, I was giggling with the rest of the Arsenal fans at the constant links with Draxler over the years and, and it was a bit of a comedic thing. But uh, I watched him play twice for Germany in the last week or so. He was really, really good. A whole lot better than I thought he was. Was. I'm not saying he's a fantastic player, but if you want a ball carrier from midfield and a versatile player, hybrid player like Arteta, you know, wants uh, throughout the field, that guy can play three or four positions and you could see top quality in him. Throughout the 90 minutes, he wasn't top quality throughout, but he did two or three things that were just amazing. Mike, so, can yes. I just, just quickly jump on Draxler? I, this, this kid, I know we were linked for him for years. I really wanted him back in 2016. He got his move. He ended up going to PSG. Um, wrong move for his career at the time. He's obviously struggled to settle down there. But this, this play, honestly, if I could, if I could compare him to a, a stylistic footballer, it would for me be Robert Perez. He, the, the way the guy glides with the ball, he's six foot two. He's comfortable with both feet. He could easily, easily play as a false nine as well. He, he yeah. really, like you said, a hybrid player. People will look at his last few years and, and dismiss what he's done. And I completely understand it, but he's still only 26. He has so much ability. And like you said, he's, he's playing in that German squad. Now, it's not to be shirked at. 
he's not he's not getting game time at PSG behind the likes of Neymar and Mbappe. So he's, let's let's be realistic about it. The guy's no mug, and I just think he could be one of them players that is just looking for that one moment in his career where because not every player goes he to a club. He feels at home. Exactly. He looks to me like that kind of player that once he settles in, and he's still only 26, I would 100%, 100% take the risk on him because of, like you said, his versatility, he's comfortable on both wings, he, can gl- he just glides with the ball, he carries it well, he can score goals. I really do like him as a player and I, I understand people's reservations from the way it's gone for him at PSG and stuff, but sometimes it ain't about what he's done at his previous club. It's about the potential and what you can unlock in a player. And if Arteta looks at him and thinks, do you know what, I know what he's got and I can unlock that, oh, mate, I'd, I'd go, I'd go. Yeah. Arsenal have a history, Gav, Gav, and was they have a history of taking players that were really good and fell away because they maybe went to a bigger club and then didn't get to play and then came to Arsenal or, or players that Arsenal just rise uh, to the top. So we have a history of that. I mean, the well, Mesut one is just classic, isn't it? And, and I can see a player like Draxler, who's been frustrated for, what, three or four years, yeah. uh, making something quite special at Arsenal. So I think Arsenal fans need to just just maybe watch him, watch him, watch his, some clips, watch his latest performances before you think that that's a comedy, because I really don't think it is. I'm with Waz. No, I'm I agree. Thrilled. The only thing is, if you get him, do you get Awar? Because they they can both play in a three-man midfield. So get, probably get, both. get both. Get <laughs> yeah, both. I mean, like I, I mean to, to go off what you said there, Mike, and I like say we're going to have to wrap this up in a second. Uh, Burkamp, Henri and Vieira all had bad moves before they came to ours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all like I say, Vieira and Henri were like the, the, the top, you know, the, the very, very top of the under 21 French. Both made bad moves, come to us. Burkamp as well, dodgy move to Inter Milan. Stuart Pierce calling him a flop before we even come out. <laughs> uh, and the rest, as they say, is history. Right, we've got to wrap this up because we've done extra time, we've done Fergie time, and we've probably gone about four minutes over. So I do apologise, Chris. Uh, thank you very much for joining this evening, Mike. Thank you very much for joining this evening, Was. Top man, go. Take care, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. And people, hit the subscribe button and the like buttons and all that malarkey because we're going to have plenty of content coming through the season. There's about nine of us that are going to rotate around and do this. Uh, hopefully, well, once, twice, three times a week now, depending on the games. Uh, let's all have a good day Saturday, no matter what you're doing with five of your friends. Uh, and up the Arsenal.